0: Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President for Health Science Center Faculty Development at the University of Louisville. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacey Sainer, Director of HSC Faculty Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Faculty Health Professions Education. Once a week, we're gonna come together to use this podcast to bring faculty development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader.
1: Hi everyone, today we're talking with Dr. Matt Adamkin, who's Assistant Professor of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation in the Department of Neurological Surgery at the University of Louisville School of Medicine. And we're also talking with Lynn Robbins, RN, who is Nurse Navigator for the RETAIN program. So today's topic is keeping workers at work, and I know you both have worked in re- rehabilitation. So can you talk a little bit about how you got involved with this work?
2: Just like you said, I, I'm a PM&R doctor, physical medicine and rehab doctor, working in rehabilitation. And something that we like to say in PM&R is that the acute hospital saves the life, and the rehab hospital gives the life back, and ultimately a part of returning somebody to life is returning them to work so that's where my interest in this field was born from and uh, why i'm passionate about it just because it is a piece of helping people get back to living the lives they want
3: i wanted to share uh, the journey with our patients It's such a split second injury or trauma or illness that they experience and they're scared and, you know, they feel alone. So I wanted to be a part of that healing process to let them realize, yes, maybe this was your old life, but guess what? There's a new life out there and you have an integrated support system out there. So that's why I absolutely love rehab.
1: So what does the rehab process look like?
2: So when we have patients that are injured or have an illness that are in the acute hospital and have lost some amount of function, they're no longer able to perform their self-care or their activities of daily living, or they're having trouble moving around, those are the patients that typically benefit from the rehab services that we think about within a rehab hospital. They can come over to a place like Fraser and they can continue to receive medical services from PM&R doctors, from rehab nurses, in addition to receiving hours of physical therapy and occupational therapy and speech therapy to focus on returning that quality of life and that level of function, improving their mobility, improving their ability to take care of themselves, becoming more independent so that when they go home, they don't feel as reliant on caregivers and they can get back to to living the life that they want. That's, that's our rehab process.
1: So what do you wish, uh, if you have someone that's listening out here that doesn't know a lot about the rehab process, what do you wish they knew?
2: I hope that they understand that people with impairments, whether physical or cognitive or disabilities, are very capable of doing a great number of things in a very equal way to people that don't have those physical or cognitive impairments. Sometimes it requires modifications or different equipment, but somebody who has experienced an injury or an illness and needs to go through the rehab process, we try to help them understand that there is a recovery to be had, even if it is not a return to what they were doing previously.
3: I became a nurse also later in my career, and living in Louisville, I actually didn't even know before I became a nurse, Frazier. The key element of this community for rehabilitation, it's one of the top five rehabilitation centers, and I really would like the community to know that UofL Health offers such an excellent opportunity to go through that journey and and get better and get back into the community.
2: We have a, a graduate of Frasier, as we call him, a former patient of Fraser from uh, the late 90s who enjoyed his experience so much that he came back to work at Frasier. And he refers to Fraser as Louisville's Miracle Factory.
1: Well, this might be a good lead-in then to talk about the RETAIN program. So, Matt, would you tell us a little bit about what RETAIN stands for?
2: The RETAIN program stands for Retaining Employment and Talent After Injury-Illness Network. So it's a mouthful, but essentially what this is, is a federal grant uh, sponsored by the Department of Labor that has been rolled out in two phases. Uh, Phase one went to eight different states in the country and was a pilot project to try to create a program that could help people who have experienced an injury or an illness return to the workforce rather than end up on long-term disability. Kentucky was a part of that phase one and was very successful in their rollout of the program and fortunately qualified to be a part of phase two which only four states were selected for in the country so phase two is what we're in right now and it is a 21.6 million dollar grant to the state of kentucky of which uofl and L health are a subawardee of part of that contract very broadly the goal is to help people either remain in the workforce or return to the workforce when they're going through some sort of medical event. There are a great deal of resources that the RETAIN program provides to help people return to work in that capacity that I'm sure we'll talk about, but ultimately that's what the RETAIN program is
3: who's this program targeted for who's eligible for it the eligibility criteria is 18 years or older they have to have worked one day within the past 12 months Um, this is a verbal statement it is not verified through w-2 this is aimed for people who have sustained an injury or an illness especially right now Think of uh, COVID and all the long haulers. You know they're having fatigue issues, heart issues, and we need—they want to return back to work, and we want to get them there. So this is a great resource for these type of uh, patients.
0: So it's probably important to clarify that this isn't just for University of Louisville Health System employees, right? This is for any resident of the state of Kentucky that qualifies under these, these eligibility Yes, criteria. this is for
3: employees and for anyone who qualifies.
0: So if someone had an accident or a stroke or or something else happened to them, they Spot could be cord in injury. this program. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's, yep.
2: that's kind of the beauty of this. So to your point, it is for anybody in the state of Kentucky and the criteria are very broad it's any injury or illness that's impacting somebody's ability to work so that could be your weekend warrior that sprained an ankle you know playing flag football or it could be somebody who has had a spinal cord injury um, and is in the rehab hospital or had a stroke or had a brain injury it they they have services that can help really any number of people with different injuries and illnesses.
0: So Matt, it's not just people admitted to Fraser Hospital. Yeah, that's, that e- that's exactly right. Outpatients could qualify as well then.
2: Outpatients can qualify, and truthfully, it doesn't even need to be people interfacing with the medical system. So you can refer yourself oh, if you're okay. aware of the program. You could refer a friend. The way that we are rolling this out within U L Health is trying to make sure that at the very least, all the healthcare providers within L Health know that this program exists, because in all likelihood, if somebody's seeking medical care, if they are a worker or are trying to work, they would probably benefit from this. But that does not mean that's the only way to get into this program.
0: How does it differ from what you had before the RETAIN program grant. Are there different or unique services that are provided as part of this grant that might not have been available five years ago?
2: Yeah, so ultimately before the RETAIN program was a thing, there probably wasn't a lot, there there wasn't the same emphasis on return to work as there is when there is a dedicated program to it. So that's one. I think prior to RETAIN existing, there have been vocational services, there have been any number of available services that are a, a challenging system to uh, navigate as a, as a patient, somebody that's not involved in healthcare, they might not know where to go if they need modifications at their workplace, even though those service lines already exist. So what the Retain program does is they essentially hold your hand and navigate all of those existing programs for you. So what they connect People with is what they call a return to work coordinator. So, a return to work coordinator will contact somebody who's been referred to the program, will get to know them, and will help walk them through any number of existing available resources that can help them get back to employment. So, that can be utility and rent assistance, it can be assistance with transportation, it can be adaptive equipment, it can be workplace modifications
3: elder care child care they'll actually work with the employers too and that's that's a key thing we need to this grant is going to help is employers to keep their employees on the floor or their staff working and they'll work with them you know some of the examples i've heard was they were able to work with extra breaks for uh, a female that had covid and is a long hauler so she needed extra breaks so they worked with her so she could return to work they also included a handlebar into the bathroom so simple things like that even can hold people back from actually returning to work so that's why i think this is such a great program
0: is there any any cost to the participants in the program? It's
2: completely free resources for anybody that's participating. All the uh, grant funding funds that work on the retained side, but somebody that's referred into the program or interested in it, this is free to them throughout the entire experience just with the goal of getting back to work.
0: So it sounds like a great program, great experience, great resource. We're fortunate, I guess, to be one of the few states that has one of these. So It doesn't sound like there's any barriers to this.
2: I think the biggest barrier is making sure people understand that it exists. And and that is what Lynn, more than anybody, is tasked with Uh is spreading education and participating in podcasts and going on (laughs) TV and uh, ultimately what she's doing is really kind of a grassroots movement. She's going to individual practices, meeting with case managers, nurses, doctors. Again, referrals into the program do not need to come from physicians. They certainly can, um, but it can come from absolutely anybody. So the more people that know this exists, the more it's going to be able to benefit the people of Kentucky.
3: The wonderful part of this program is from my experience from starting on the floor and working through clinics and research is The resources out there, there are so many resources out there, but it is so overwhelming. Where do you go? How do you even get this? You know, once they are out of the rehab and into the real world, it's just so overwhelming, causes anxiety, depression, you know, so these psychosocial and health disparities can be calmed down with this program. And I think that's why I I really am such a fan of it.
0: So it sounds like it's very comprehensive. It's not limited to PM&R work. It has a variety of other things that people who are injured or in need of these kind of rehab services run into, whether it's child care, elder care, social work support, counseling, I suspect. uh, How do you deal with being injured now and not returning to your full productive self? And so it's really great Whose idea was this?
2: The Department of Labor, I think, was on to something. So the government did That's this. right. Oh yeah, my. that's amazing. okay. So to your point, it, it is not limited to PM&R. Phase one, we rolled out just within Frazier, just because PM&R doctors, this is sort of our lane. Within phase one for the state of Kentucky, 60% of the referrals into the RETAIN program came from Frazier. And that was a big driving force for why Kentucky qualified for phase two. But now it is our duty to make everybody be thinking about this as opposed to just those that are practicing in a rehab hospital.
3: Our goal is to have 3,200 referrals uh, by the year of 2024 of April. So I really believe this is going to be hit and hopefully more because the wonderful part about it and why I get really excited is, we can actually be a part of policy change. So best evidence practice of what we find out of how we're helping employees, how we're helping our patients, how we can help anybody through this program, uh, this information will be presented to the governor. So one referral that each person makes will make a difference in policy change and show that we need an investment from beginning of injury or illness to help everyone, to limit the overwhelming aspect of, okay, where do I go from here? How do I get help? And that's gonna be the wonderful part about it. And also, it'll also help employers.
0: So Laura, this is a great example of the university delivering on community engagement and its right. in, and its promise to be a value to the community, in this case, the whole state. Yeah. And and so congratulations on playing a role in getting it to work this way and for Kentucky to be.
2: Yeah, thank you. The, the the beauty of this is everyone's interests align all the way down from the individual up to the state. So... The, can,
1: you, can you talk a little bit about that? Like yeah. what what is the benefit for the state, for the employer, for the, the patient slash employee? What does that look like?
2: Yeah, so at the individual level, you know, the first thing you think about is the benefit of returning to work is financial. I think that's the first thing everybody thinks about, which is absolutely true. But it goes beyond that. Um, It includes, you know, insurance and benefits, which are still financial, but also psychosocial benefits, the ability to go and interact with people, physical benefits because you're more active and you're exercising more going back to your workplace as opposed to remaining at home so the benefits to the individual are immense the benefits to the employer are equally large the employers are far better off retaining retaining their (laughs) employment uh, there than having turnover and having to train and hire new people to fill positions that were previously filled and then you take that up to the state level the state benefits from this by keeping people in the workforce, keeping unemployment down, and keeping people off of long-term disability. One other thing that's probably worth mentioning is what I run into a lot in the patients that I see in the rehab hospital are people have had an injury and their first instinct is, I need to go apply for disability benefits. They, they know they're not gonna be at work for some period of time and they need to still pay the bills and the only way that they know how to do that is to apply for disability and that is absolutely a way to do it and frankly the retain program can assist with people signing up for that if that's something that's beneficial but i think what these return to work coordinators do and they they specialize in all sorts of different fields related to this topic um, but they can open people's eyes to a wealth of other opportunities to accomplish that without applying for disability. So whether it's programs that can help with paying bills or if there are other hurdles that prevent the person from working, um, they can help navigate that. And I think here's another very important piece. Um, the RETAIN program is not only trying to get people back to the same job they were doing. So they are happy to help people get back to doing the same job with the same employer, they will also help get a different job with the same employer, they will help get a same job with a different employer, or they'll help somebody get a different job with a different employer. If somebody was doing very physical manual labor previously, and now they've had an injury where that's just not going to be a reality for them moving forward, that doesn't mean they're not a good candidate. It certainly doesn't mean they can't return to the workforce. It just needs to look different.
1: We always try to ask our listeners to do something after they hear the podcast, so podcasts, very passive. So what would you challenge the listeners, most of whom are going to be faculty on HSC, what would you challenge them to do around RETAIN?
2: Know that RETAIN exists and be on the lookout for people who may benefit from it and understand that you or anyone you know can refer Anyone within the state of Kentucky, so long as you live in Kentucky or you are eligible to be referred to their retain program There's not a difficult process to accomplish this. Just the person who's being referred needs to give permission to be contacted That's that's the extent of the consent For this is saying yep. I'm happy to have them reach out to me. The person's not committing to anything They'll just get a phone call from their retain program intake coordinators and the program will take it from there. So there is no need for a referring person to do anything beyond that other than say, hey, I think this program might help you. Is it okay if they call you?
1: Well, thank you so much for coming and talking about this. Really, It sounds like a w- wonderful program and a really great opportunity, and we thank you all for being here.
3: Oh, thank you, guys.
0: Thanks, I appreciate for, it. It's thanks, been very fun. fun thanks, Lynn. If you want to up your game as a professional educator or to enhance your leadership skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be as together we strive to make U of a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to invest.
3: Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional information from today's session, as well as our email address. Feel free to contact us at facfeed at louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu.
0: Join us next time for more and come hungry.